0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Artist Avenue. I'm Christiana Hartziotis, your host, and today I am joined by the wonderful Lydia Flock. Lydia is a dynamic singing and speaking voice coach, a practitioner and a researcher. Her unique journey throughout the creative arts and the path she has taken since graduating is simply inspirational and full of motivation. Before we dive into Lydia's unique journey, I would like to remind you that due to the current circumstances, we had to record the interview online and therefore the quality might suffer at points. Nevertheless, please keep listening. I always say for a 2020 podcast, it's content over quality. So without further ado, enjoy this glorious episode and let's get voice and vocal health nerdy with Lydia Flock. So my
1: name is Lydia Flock, and um, I am a voice coach, voice researcher, practitioner, um, performer, question mark. We'll see what's happening with the pandemic, but um, pretty much all my work is voice focused now. Um, I'm from America originally and moved to the UK a couple years ago, which is how we met for school. and that's, that's kind of, yeah, how I'm, how I moved to the UK.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> and if we go back, how did it all start out with you in the creative industry? Hmm. I think
1: I went to like a, a Christian camp when I was like 10. Ooh. Rogue right? Rogue. And I went and I was like, mm, like, I, I think I want to try singing. Like, sure. Why not? Like, it looks fun. You could just choose what you wanted to do that day. And you could choose doing Broadway singing, or you could do opera. And I had no idea what Broadway was. So I asked my counselor, my camp counselor saying hey, like, what, well, what's Broadway? And she was like, it's happy singing. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously I'll go for that one. Happy singing, like, sign me up. Um, and, and that's kind of how I started to learn about musical theater. We did, like, wicked songs and, like, stuff like that. And then the, the next year I went back to the same camp and did a musical. And that was silly. But I, but I just really fell in love with it from there. Um, I, I mean, I think back to when I was really young, I did have... I think I was always inclined to look at the stage and, and musicals. And, um, and I think that camp experience just kind of gave me the opportunity to actually explore that. And so from then on, it was like, you know, my sister and I would reenact *Fan of the Opera in the house all the time. Like we would, it was like all in from there. Um, and then when, when I was in high school, so like fourteen, fifteen. I I started thinking, like, oh, people do this for a living. Like, maybe maybe that's a thing I can do. And and I did a, a like a community theater show, and that's where I, I you know it wasn't in my my high school. It was like a separate thing, and everyone came there specifically for musical theater. And I thought this is so cool. I want to be around people that are so yes about this, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, so around 15 was when I was like, let's do it. Like, let's study musical theater, see how it pans out. Let's go, I'm ready.
0: Amazing, I love that story. I love how you went to camp. Like that reminds me so much of America because I actually went to an Ameri- a Canadian camp once, a Canadian oh, no musical theater camp. And it was just such a different experience. Like it's amazing. But I love how that's how your story started. Yeah, camp camp is where it's born. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> cool. So then afterwards, how how was your journey auditioning for colleges and university in the U.S.? Like, how did you go about researching where you wanted to go, and then following on to that, how was the audition process? Mm,
1: my goodness. I mean, this is just the animal that is auditioning for colleges in the U.S. Um, I was fortunate enough to find a voice teacher who was actually in Alabama. So I grew up in Atlanta and would drive two hours to go see this voice teacher in Birmingham, wow. She was amazing. And she was really connected to um, different schools and really knew about the audition process. So I, I found her when I was 15. And then when I was 16, I did this college audition intensive that she had. So it really, I just got lucky that she, knew a lot and was able to connect me with um, a college audition coach who then connected me with an acting coach that gave me um, monologues. And, and we, we, I was able to research through, through this college audition coach. And I also did some programs that this, this coach was a part of. So I kind of in my junior and senior year of high school, which is the last two years of, of high school, was really looking at different schools and trying to figure out how to figure out the list of schools you're going to apply to that has a mix of really, really tough schools, but, but also some schools that um, maybe I didn't know as much about, but were still, you know, really good and offered pretty good training. Um, and yeah, so, so basically this college audition coach just sorted me out and I was like, Thank you, because I don't know anything. (laughs) And um, so once I had my list of schools, I started auditioning and it was, oh my God, like it was the most stressful year of my life for multiple reasons and I won't go into everything, but I, uh, gosh, okay, let me think. So, uh, So once I had my list of schools, i was planning to audition for three schools before the end of december most of the auditions are in january february time and i I decided i'll give myself some early ones to just get the nerves like out Mm -hmm. um however during that like november time i was really stretched thin with my singing commitments at my high school um practicing for the auditions just a really stressful year. And I developed a vocal injury right before my uh, second audition uh, for CCM, which if you know it, it's a, like one of the top three schools everyone talks about. And so I found out that I got the beginnings of vocal nodules a week before, and they gave me steroids so I could do this audition. <laughs> and um, my goodness, I, like, that was a life-changing experience, getting getting those pre-nodes. <laughs> so um, do you
0: think those came from pure stress, basically? Or like, yeah, at once?
1: Definitely. I mean, so now I've, now, like, now, now, I've trained in vocal health first aid, and I, I know exactly why that happened. It's mm-hmm. because I was doing too much. I, I, had, I had expressed that my voice was tired months ago, Um, went to a GP and they said, maybe it's allergies, try this medication. And if I'd gone to a specialist, they would have told me, you need to slow down. You need to allow yourself to rest because this could become something. And it did um, a couple months later. Um, Yeah. I had expressed to my school, I, in the choir, I'm, I really need to rest. And they basically said, you can't, we need you. And so that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the anxiety of all the schools and my the fine arts program at my school was a bit not so great, which I, I won't go into too much, but they were really controlling of what I was doing. So mm-hmm. that anxiety plus being stretched so thin, I think the anxiety tipped me over into into the vocal injury territory. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that made, you know, the whole audition process
0: mm. totally different. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally different. And I did the CCM audition, the steroids like felt like magic because my voice was there and I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this worked. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I, you know, I got set up with a voice therapist and basically just like went to school with this little button on my my shirt that said, you know, I'm on voice dress, don't talk to me. Um Yeah, so at the end of December then I got three rejections from all the schools, I, I believe, or maybe it was just two. But that freaked me out even further. So I added more schools to my list and I ended up auditioning for like 22 schools in total, which is probably too much. But I just, I was like, I need to give myself options. I need to make sure that, you know, I don't get to the end of this and I don't have options that I would want. <clears throat> so yeah, just a really, as you can imagine, really stressful felt like life or death at the, at the time, because when you're 17, it's like college feels like it's the end all be all, which now I know it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I auditioned for 20 plus schools, got into a handful and was able to, um, stop. I think I'd planned like 25 schools and I was like, all right, all right. I think I'm okay now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, got into a handful and it came down for me between CCM for acting, so I didn't get into the musical theater program, but I got into the acting school,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: Boston Conservatory, Ithaca College in upstate New York. Um, and I also was considering the University of Virginia for a time, but that was not an audition-based program. It was just kind of a regular liberal arts education, which I didn't really consider for that long, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, so of those four, um, it was really between the first three. And I ended up going with Ithaca because after speaking with my acting coach and my audition coach, we said, you know, Ithaca is exactly what I had said I wanted in a program, which was an acting based musical theater program. But I think at the time I I really wanted a, a different school. I wanted Carnegie Mellon, which is similar acting based musical theater program. And I didn't really know about Ithaca. I kind of had a one-track mind about it, and I thought, yeah, like, what is Ithaca? Ithaca sounds so random to me. I mean, so terrible <laughs> that I was saying these things when their alumni are amazing, like, it's a really great school. Um, but my, my coaches kind of helped me realize that that was actually the perfect program for me. So that, so I picked Ithaca College. Yes. And I went. <laughs> that is that is the auditioning process that took a while to explain
0: (laughs) no i really really enjoyed it i really like to hear how much like time and effort and thought and care you put into it because i i did that as well with because i was auditioning for i was considering germany as well as england and it's just nice to know that there's more people putting so much effort in it. Um, I mean, everyone does put effort into their audition processes. Don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes people know exactly which school they want to go to and just audition for like the three schools that they really want to go to till they get in, which is also a great way because then you just go to the ones that you want to go. But sometimes when you go into like research and just go to all these auditions of like a bazillion schools, you also get like you open your mind to what's out there. And that's exactly what happened with you. If you say like with Ithaca that, it wasn't like the one that you thought you'd end up with at the start and then you got there and you enjoyed it. So that's really, really amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing school. I just think
1: at the time I was so like, I wanna go to the top, you know, in the top six, you know, like the big six schools that everyone talks about and Boston Conservatory is like one of those. But yeah. now now yeah. I think it, like it's gotten harder since I auditioned, which is just insane because it was so hard. But yeah, Ithaca's like really up there. And I, I think at the time I was just very narrow minded thinking like CCM, Michigan or Carnegie Mellon, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's seventeen year old me.
0: What are the top six ones in the US?
1: I think at the time when I was auditioning, bear in mind this probably has changed and I just, mm-hmm. I'm not in touch with it as much. But when I was auditioning, it was CCM, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, uh, Michigan, Carnegie Mellon, uh, Boston Conservatory. Oh gosh, what were the rest? So I know, I think Elon might have been up there for my college audition coach because he, he did a lot of stuff with Elon. And then what's the other one? Who's who am I thinking of? Michigan, Carnegie Mellon, CCM, Elon, Oco. I literally can't think of the Maybe it's the big five. I have no idea. That's how far removed I am from that now. Take the five. Um, yeah. I'm quite happy not to know, actually. I mean yeah. I forgot.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, so if we go into your training then how was your training at Ithaca? Mm. So
1: I obviously I healed from my my vocal injury before I went to Ithaca <laughs> to end that story in March so I had completely healed from that um, physically before I went to Ithaca but I emotionally went to school and I was like really anxious about my voice pretty much all the time thinking is it going to come out uh, I don't know like you know really sensitive to to comments from teachers which sometimes maybe they weren't the most constructive maybe um but overall i came in the community at ithaca was amazing i we got like little like mentors from the the fourth years um all the first years got like a like assigned a we call them a big and that was like a little mentor so i i felt really accepted immediately and i really enjoyed my cohort the our class was so close like we always said like we are like we class of 2018 we're like 2018 loves 2018 because we were truly a really really supportive class and that made the training really fun like i i learned so much at ithaca from our movement classes Acting through song or fundamentals of musical theater, like, I feel like it gave me an actor's toolbox that I left with. And I still use, like, most things I use are from my time at Ithaca. Yeah, I mean, I I really have, like, positive things to say about it. Mm -hmm. I did leave Ithaca after two and a half years of training, um, but that was not because of the program at all. And it wasn't because of my class. I loved, as I, as I said, I loved my class. I loved the training. But the summer before I, I transferred, I took a job that was not the most respecting of the actors. And this, this company was written up um, in arts and integrity, I think, in, in the state. So now that they've shut down and everything. But at the time, it, it really scared me thinking, is this what an actor's life is like? Is this how I'm going to be treated, and I think that on top of me being anxious about my voice and yeah that that, that last year had been really difficult for that, and just my self perception and some like body image things, it really was the tipping point for me thinking, maybe I need to look at other options mm-hmm. maybe maybe this one track musical theater thing isn't. Right for me anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I I looked back at the University of Virginia, the school that I got into initially, and I I thought maybe I'll, I'll I'll get a degree in speech language pathology. So kind of like the voice therapist that helped me, I could do that. And I thought that is amazing. That sounds really fun. And I thought okay, I'll get my master's in that. And then my parents said, well, if you know that you want to get your master's in that, why wouldn't you just transfer now and get the science credits that you need and the, you know, the prerequisites basically for that course. And I thought, I mean, I guess you're right. Like it wasn't too late. It was like the last time you could possibly transfer schools. And so I just thought, okay, why not apply and just see what happens. And so I applied and got in and then switched schools, (laughs) which, which was like, you know, most people don't transfer to after two and a half years of school. So I I transferred in, in my third year of training which is quite late thinking I would do speech pathology and quickly decided that I I didn't want to do it All right, I didn't want to go all into that training yet because it was a lot of anatomy and physiology and I just thought hold on like I just switched schools like let me get to know the campus let me make some friends first and then I'll sign up for the really hard courses and once I found a group of friends and started doing um, student theater, I realized that all these people doing student theater, like were way less stressed about doing theater (laughs) and i think i'd hyped myself up about it so much at school thinking all right like i need to know my objective i need to know you know all the things the character analysis and everyone at at uva was just doing it for fun it was just fun like they were like this is my you know extracurricular this is (laughs) this is how i de-stress and i was like hmm right i was like that <laughs> wasn't what i i was doing <laughs> and i that that really that was a light bulb that went off for me and i thought okay how can i get back to that because that that used to be how theater was for me and i just kind of sucked the fun out mm-hmm. or the circumstances and everything you know really sucked the fun out so so that that kind of became became my journey to then unlearn my 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 what's what am I thinking of it like the negative self talk that I had just developed as as the automatic, you know, programming in my mind when I'd go to sing or perform. It would be this needs to be perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. it's that pressure we put on ourselves I think though because like it is we start out with fun we love it so much and then we get in we have that hype and then it gets towards the end which is still exciting but like throughout your training you just put so much pressure on yourself because all of a sudden you're surrounded by all these amazing people you are amazing too but like you think the whole time you're like oh, I need to prove myself I need to prove to everyone that yeah. I can do it but like we're already there we're already accepted so yeah it is about that Finding and like living with that place still, so and not just like, yeah. I've even been
1: thinking about like when I was really young, and people said, "Oh my gosh, like your voice is so good, like you're such a star." You know, all this stuff, and me being like 14, probably thought, "How do I do that? I don't even know how I do that. How do I? How do I recreate that? What if I'm not a star again? What if I'm not amazing again? Because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really know how I was singing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just." Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite, I'm still fascinated by it all, but yeah. yeah, I think, I think we're often not, not the nicest to ourselves.
0: Yeah. We're our worst it. critic.
1: So absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And how did you end up in the UK then? <laughs> Why central?
1: <laughs> Great question. So basically at UVA, once I had this light bulb epiphany experience, I thought, right, this next year and a half, I'm going to unlearn everything. I'm going to relearn new habits, went to therapy, did yoga, you know, meditation, like you name it, like whatever the healing thing was, I like probably tried it. Um, <laughs> and I didn't end up taking the speech language pathology classes that I had planned to take. And I thought, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if it is for me. Maybe I, I really want to give theater a, a go. You know, I just need to unlearn the mental habits that I, I got myself into. And so I, I graduated with a degree in drama, but in in that last semester, I was I was thinking, okay, like here I go into the real world. What do I do? I didn't, I didn't feel ready to, to go to New York or, I mean, I, I probably would have just done that if I hadn't applied to, to master's programs, but I just felt a bit out of shape in terms of performance skills just because I had just been doing it for fun and I hadn't really been taking regular dance classes, acting classes. So I just felt like maybe just because I had no idea what I was doing, I'll apply for some master's programs because I knew eventually I wanted to teach at, at a higher education level and usually you need a master's for that. So I thought, okay, like let us, let us see what happens. (laughs) And I, I didn't end up, I mean, I ended up applying to, or not applying, but auditioning for 40 plus schools this time, but it was less dramatic as the first go, like Mm -hmm. in undergraduate because, um, for master's programs, they have this giant audition like weekend called the Erdas and you audition once and all the schools are there. And then you get oh, callbacks wow. for the ones that like you. And I was like, bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, that's how I want to do it. <laughs> um, and I also, like, I hadn't planned on doing that, but I I, I was going to be in New York for a different audition anyway, the same weekend. And I'd been shaping up my monologues with, with a coach. And he was like, you know, the Erdas are happening. You might as well just, you know, extend your weekend and and do that. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so So I ended up, like so i i I plan to apply to juilliard central in the uk and uh royal academy of music because Mm -hmm. i also i i i left this out but i i mean i i I love the uk (laughs) so (laughs) i'm like that's what how did i pick these schools lydia um when i was 15 i was doing my fair lady and my family happened to be going to london around that like christmas time before i I'd done that show and we went all around london and um saw wicked and billy elliott and like after wicked i i talked to gina beck who was playing glinda at the time and she talked to me for like 20 minutes at the stage door about what it's like to be an actress and and she was like i hope things work out for you and she was just giving me all this really nice advice and i thought london is so nice like i feel like that just wouldn't happen in new york so from 15 onwards i just had this idea that like london like i could see myself there but again, it's like 15-year-old dream. But I just, I really held on to that for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, at UVA, I thought, yeah, like, I definitely want to apply to some London schools. I want to give myself that opportunity.
0: Did those, so did the UK schools and the UK MA pro- programs come to that conference as well? So was it US and UK?
1: No, no. Well, actually, there were some UK schools there, like East 15 was there. Um, but i had planned royal academy of music and central separately cool so they come separately by themselves Yeah. so i went to new york two separate times for those auditions um yeah and I, i also about the ma's i really liked that they were just one year program versus the the u.s schools are like three years or two years and i just thought i don't know if i want to be training for that long like i think you know one year sounds perfect and i get to go to london i <laughs> <That> was like <laughs> the, that was like the thinking so so yeah i auditioned for a bunch and got into central um after that after that audition and i i thought about it for a while like i wasn't sure that i was gonna go but after talking about it with my parents and you know, mm ming and aahing about it, thinking like, well, you know, I was like, well, what else am I going to do? I don't really know. And I feel like that opportunity wouldn't just come around again where, you know, my parents would support me through a master's program, you know, like I'd probably Mm -hmm. have to do it myself. So I thought like, I'll, I'll go now, um, while I'm young, while I don't have any, you know, roots down anywhere yet. And I thought, yeah, let's do it. And then here here I am
0: yes Three and then later. I came into your life <laughs> yes <laughs> then we became friends <laughs> oh that that seems like a lifetime ago I must say but it's only I been know. like I don't know it's been one year two years
1: one or no? two years I think two years when we we were yeah I mean two years ago is November so November so that's when we started
0: yeah
1: yeah we were like well into it by then too
0: Yeah, we're doing Miss Julie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And how was was the training different, do you think, in the UK to the US? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: I would say the the first semester, the first term with Central was similar in terms of like, you know, you get your dance classes, your acting class and voice lessons. Um, the overall structure was very similar to my first two years of, of Ithaca, but it was diff, but I would say the UK was different because we only had one term of that. And then the rest was, here's a show, here's another show and your showcase. And, and at Ithaca, you do your show on top of the classes. Ooh. So so we'd be like in eight am classes and then rehearse from seven pm to ten pm, you know, and then like seven to eleven for tech, and it was you know so it was really long days if you were in a show. Mm-hmm. So with central, I really appreciated that we had like all day rehearsals. Like I thought that was so fun. I was like, wow, we get to just come in and like do the rehearsal. That's that's nice. That's <laughs> um, great. Yeah. So I'd say that was the that's the biggest difference between the training but overall like they are they're you know set up quite similarly
0: Mm -hmm. and this time round, did you have any ups and downs in your master program and if you did how did you overcome them
1: Mm. I think I'm sure I did I think I think a big thing was just like grappling with coming back into it Mm -hmm. um and feeling You know i i set a bar for myself that like this is where i was this is how i felt about it when i was here and my feelings i think i was struggling with okay now that i've i've decided i'm going to be nicer to myself what do my goals look like do they look the same i think i think i was just struggling with my my self-perception which is Mm -hmm. inherently flawed um (laughs) but at the time i was thinking you know i really want I had such high, high expectations for myself still. So I think yeah. that was the main thing, was just kind of a, a self-battle there. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, like, not really, not too much, like, international challenges of just, like, being in a new country. Like, I I found it fine, <laughs> um, yeah. which is good. Um, I would say those are the, that was the main challenge, like, looking back at the whole whole year.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important to address, though, this thing that we put, like, we set a bar for ourselves. And then if you think about it, like we were how many? 20 people? 18? 18? We were 18. And if you think about it, every single one of us had that for ourselves. So I think when you go into drama school, you just need to remember that everyone is like that. So when people get like a bit agitated or like stressed or burst into crying or something like that, like it's all because we all get in there and we just want to succeed. Mm. And I think that's sometimes something that we forget and like dramas start like happening in drama schools. But like, if you just think back and you're like, well, we're only there. And like these things just happen because we all want the best for ourselves and each other in a way. So yeah, just thought of that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I had to remind myself that there is there is no threat, you know, there's no, there's no threat that's happening. You know, I'd sometimes get really nervous in our, acting or singing through text classes. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's my time to go. <laughs> and I, I would get really nervous. But I think just telling myself, there's no threat. Like we're all here to learn. This is the point. Like this is a learning organization. Like I'm not meant to be perfect. Absolutely no one ever is perfect.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And how was your graduating journey after Central? Did you feel when you were coming out, did you feel like you were prepared?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if anyone ever is prepared or like feels prepared. Like, I guess. I guess I would say I felt prepared. (laughs) We're ready Um, to go. (laughs) But I definitely just remember being like, like, so what happens now? I was literally like, what happens? (laughs) Like, you know. So, I think because I also had applied for the startup visa. And of I course, yeah. like that was the, that was the big thing. I had so I got endorsed from Central to apply for the startup visa through the government, and the government just took ages to get back to me. I, I was like meant to find out, you know, at a certain amount of time, and then they, I like I got my acceptance for that in August, and they didn't tell me until November. So there's a few months after graduation or like finishing our, our research stuff in August, where I was like, am I going to get kicked out of the country? Someone tell me. That was my main issue for the first, like, two months, where I was like, uh, <laughs> someone tell me if I'm allowed to, you know, start teaching on my own, and
0: yeah. Hmm. And did you, at any time, feel the pressure that you had to have a job in the first few months that you were out, but a performing job? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I did a staged
1: reading in, November, but I think, I mean, I didn't put the pressure on myself, but my, my parents were like really resistant to me doing like my teaching work um, because I think they they were just like really hyped about, you know, the, the post-grad life and they're like, what are you going to be on the West End, Lydia? And I was like, um, a while, <laughs> a bit. <laughs> um so they i think they kept asking me all the time you know like oh do you like like how many auditions are you going on and i was like um not very many like none <laughs> like a none at the time like i really didn't do very much in the it's, first few months my
0: it's really hard though in the uk like, especially to get seen is yeah. insanely hard and i think a lot of the people especially when you come from outside of the uk i've i've encountered this a lot they all think that it's really easy to get seen in the uk because there are so many more jobs going but they don't realize how hard it actually is like no matter how many jobs there are yes there might be a bit more jobs than i don't know let's say austria or switzerland or something but there's also like the triple amount of performers you there's so much politics going on with having the right agent so you can be seen through spotlight and if you don't have spotlight and if you don't know this and it's so ridiculously hard
1: <laughs> yeah I definitely had that perception as well where I was like oh it should be like pretty easy to get seen and like it seems like a smaller market than New York but mm-hmm. I got there and I was like oh 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 it's hard it's still hard you know like
0: you really need like, to make no
1: to mistake, good. don't underestimate the London market. Yeah, <laughs> Internationals. <laughs> At myself. Very true.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then how did your graduation journey evolve from there? Because this is when it gets super exciting, I think. Like with everything you've built up, it's amazing. So you just need to tell us how it evolved. <laughs> yeah. Like how did this happen? Um so Basically, Central gave me the
1: platform to start up my own business, which is a holistic vocal coaching company called Flock Stars. Um, my last name is Flock, and I thought, you know, like, rock stars, Flock Stars. I don't know. I'm, like, super into the corny stuff. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, and I had, had started, you know, teaching a, a handful of people in, in November, when I was allowed to legally teach people and do my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And I was, I was mainly focused on just getting my feet on the ground because I was, you know, I was paying rent and needed to like, yeah, afford my life. (laughs) So I was like, all right, here we go. Like, you know, I'll, I'll put the acting stuff on hold for now and just get my feet on the ground with teaching. So I, from there, started doing some educational outreach. So I was teaching in, um, arts ed, um, in the voice department, doing some cover work, um, which I still do, which is fun. Um, doing some Lambda exam prep. So I was doing like a, a, you know, a smattering of things. And, and then in January, so, so basically like a year after we'd, no, not a year after only a few months actually. Yeah. I just, I keep forgetting that this is, this is how, the, how the year works. Like it's, we didn't, you know, there's less time than, than I thought. <laughs> um, but so in, in January of 29, wait, 2020,
0: 2020.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 2020. What is time? 2020, I started um, my position as the senior voice tutor at the Kogan Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, and that was, that was cool. I was doing that. I was doing a lot of stuff at ArtsEd at the time. And then basically... The pandemic hit in March and all of my educational outreach stopped. So that was like the bulk of my work at the time was doing the Lambda teaching, doing Arts Ed, Kogan, you know, and I had at the time one regular private student with Flock Stars, and so I was like, oh, all right. OK, we need to regroup because <laughs> because everything stopped and I had one student. So I just put, I was, I was actually really grateful for the, the beginning of lockdown because it just gave me the opportunity to really focus on my business, which I think because I was, I was in the, the rat race of, you know, I need to, to make this amount of money to survive and really in like a survival mode, like I need to, to do all these things to live, that I, I didn't really focus my energy so much on my private coaching Mm -hmm. So the pandemic or the lockdown really gave me time that I hadn't previously had to invest in it really. And so I, you know, started, I upgraded my website and started learning a lot about social media. And I mean, I didn't have social media for Flockstars for like six months, which is yeah. I mean, I had, I I didn't start it until like February. which really? is re- really, and I, I, now that I like, social media is such a big part of my business. I yeah. think how the heck did I actually have a handful of students without any social media? Like I had a website, but yeah, I mean, I, I just am baffled by that.
0: <laughs> this is where I can tie Like I, I'm just thinking about time now and I'm like, I swear you've had this since the beginning. No, That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can scroll back. I should probably archive some of my posts, but like, you can scroll back and see like my my evolution on social media, where like start to understand like what to do <laughs> and like what to <laughs> how to post things that look nice and branded or whatever. Um, so so basically, through that, I made some videos for you know like YouTube and and things like that, and through social media, just grew. Flock stars grew and grew and grew. Um, And now the studio is is basically like nearly full, like nearly full.
0: That's incredible.
1: Which is insane. Like I just am amazed that that has happened. I feel really, really lucky. So how many
0: students do you take
1: on? It depends. It depends because I offer like half hour lessons and an hour lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's roughly like... 10 to 12 students a week,
0: 10 to good amounts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like pretty, pretty solid. And in that just allows me to have, you know, maybe like one or two or, or three, you know, spots for, for people that don't have regular lesson when I don't have like a regular slot, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, yeah. So it's just like, it's packed now and I I just feel like the busiest bee, (laughs) um, but, but yeah, so that, that kind of evolved throughout, like since since March, really, mm-hmm. and I've I've also been doing a lot of professional development. So I was doing at the beginning of lockdown the the courses in in Knight Thompson speech work, which is like a speech and accents method, um, and I did their speech and accents training, which was like over the course of a month, um, which was cool. I trained as a vocal health first aider, and what else did I do? I feel like I, I'm doing this uh, Bast course. It's like be a singing teacher. Um, which obviously I already am a singing teacher, but I just wanted to make friends with my imposter syndrome that still, you know, creeps in sometimes. I'm like, do I know anything? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of professional development, which, which then led to, um, another role with the voice care center, which yes. is, um, yeah. So the voice care center is, is, a London's first multidisciplinary voice care center. Yeah. Voice mm-hmm. center. Um, and they basically help professionals with vocal maintenance and making sure their voices are are up to par, but they also help with people that are going through vocal health issues and in their rehabilitation process. So, um, and they also offer vocal massage, which is really cool. They're like,
0: they're an amazing organization. And so I love vocal massages. I miss them. They don't do them over here. And I was oh, like, Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah,
1: I've never had one. I was meant to get one this week. But now England's on, a, on another lockdown. So I can't, I can't get my first vocal massage. But I'm, I'm really interested in, in self guided vocal massage. So I do that a lot with my students and, and myself is figuring out some some things you can do that um, I learned from Stephen, who's the founder of the Voice Care Center. Um, but anyway, eventually I'll, I'll be able to train in, in vocal massage in the new year, which is cool. And yeah, really like up those skills and actually understand it a bit more. Because mm. I, don't, I don't understand everything about it.
0: Yeah. You know? So what is your role at the Voice Care Center now then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I, should, I should answer that.
1: Um, so my role is the junior voice specialist, which basically is, is kind of like an apprenticeship role where I'm going to be, um, training in vocal massage, um, working with Steven, doing some shadowing and assisting of voice lessons and eventually training to become a vocal coach for the voice care center. So we'll see what happens with flock stars, you know, in, in the future, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to eventually doing some coaching with them because that would be fun. Um, but in the meantime, I'm also helping them with their social media management, some admin, you know, bookings and and just communication, stuff like that, educational outreach, research and development, just kind of like the the typical things I think you'd expect of kind of like an arts admin role. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of part admin, part training with, you know, a potential for A longer term you know coaching position which is really cool
0: that's incredible
1: dream job i mean it's just such an amazing group of people they have you know a nutritionist like speech language therapists osteopaths so i just feel like i'm so excited to get to know the rest of the team and work with with people with different expertise you know so and, and being able to refer people or you know signpost people to the different staff who are yeah. just amazing so yeah so i've got that going on now which is taking up some time and then flock stars those are kind
0: of like the main things going it's incredible like i'm really really excited for you especially with the voice care center and then everything that's happening with flock stars and what you've built up it's really really exciting
1: so i am so excited i mean i, I truly am just like pinching myself sometimes because i like you know six months ago, I was like, wow, Stephen King at the Voice Care Center, that's so cool. And now I'm just like, ah, like we talk all the time and you know, this is my job, like what? Like I really, you know.
0: Yeah. Hard work pays off.
1: Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. definitely, definitely. (laughs) And you just have to be patient. (laughs) You really do. And then it goes quicker than you actually think. Like I know it seems like ages ago as we've established with like us training and stuff, but like if you think about it, You've only started this in like January 2020, really. Yeah. And it's only November 2020 now. Like it's not even a year.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. And basically, like since the pandemic, like it's been like, you know, eight months since I really invested my time in it.
0: Yeah. I think. No, it's incredible. It's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exciting. It
0: really is exciting. Hmm. And then, in your opinion, what unites us as creatives?
1: This is such a big question. This is such a big question. I think, I think love for humanity. That's a good one. Unites us as creatives because I was thinking about saying storytelling, mm-hmm. which maybe would be my second choice, but I actually think what's at the heart of storytelling. And I think that's love for the human race mm-hmm. is love for other people. And the stories that come out of human experience. Yeah. And I think at the core of it, dancers, singers, actors, performers, it's a celebration of the human experience.
0: I really like that answer.
1: Yeah, I just I just gave myself chills. I really like that too. I'm like,
0: I hate I look at you. Up. <laughs> I gave myself chills. <laughs> no but it it makes sense i really really like that way of thinking Mm. yeah me
1: too thanks for a sticky note thanks thanks to me too (laughs) (laughs) that's your new quote yeah new quote (laughs) quote me on that
0: (laughs) and then what's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey as a creative
1: i think appreciating the background of Mm -hmm. of of the journey so this is something that I've like, I'm putting it into words differently than maybe I, I would have, you know, a year ago, but we have the background of all the things that we've done so far. And then we have the foreground, the things that we're working on. And I think as artists and, and just as people, we can get caught up in the foreground and oh, I'm not good at this yet. And this need this still needs to be done right. But we forget all of the things that we did to take, to get to the, the foreground things. You know, I couldn't be working on the foreground things if all this background stuff hadn't happened. So what the biggest thing that I've learned is to appreciate the things that you've done before. So yeah. that you can be patient and forgiving of yourself and and keep your self esteem, you know, in a in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. Because that that's the biggest thing I've I've struggled with is is my self perception and um, you know, thinking that other people deserve to do this and I don't. And, you know, just those those negative things that I think a lot of us deal with. On it's a our inner day.
0: monologue, yeah. Yeah,
1: the inner monologue. So having appreciation of that background, it's like, okay, like, I trained for two and a half years at, at one of the best musical theatre programs in the US. Like, there's some merit in that and I'm allowed to appreciate that. Of course. You know? Yeah. So I think finding that appreciation for what has happened in the past Mm -hmm. get you to where you are now
0: yeah because we easily forget as well so that's really really true yeah take a moment and think of everything we've achieved Mm. so it's quite amazing
1: definitely Mm -hmm.
0: and then this is my absolute favorite question of the whole interview (laughs) the interviews (laughs) tend to hate it but you know I'm nervous for it now. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Oh gosh. What makes you unique as a creative? Oh man, Christiana. (sighs) It's your self-love
1: moment. (laughs) Right, let's see. Well, I think, I mean, I think we're all unique, of course. Mm -hmm. But I I think what makes me unique is that, well, maybe this isn't unique, but for me, for my personal story, yeah. that i made my obstacles the way that i made my vocal injury the way that i built up resilience and decided this isn't going to define me i'm i'm going to learn about the voice i'm going to learn about why this happened i'm going to learn about it and now i my whole life is voice mm-hmm. you know and i think I don't think that's a unique experience because i think a lot of people do that a lot of people are resilient and can make their obstacles the way but i think specifically with the i don't know just like allowing myself to pivot yeah and i think i think the other obvious thing is that you know i'm an american in the uk like that's that's probably the unique too. I mean I know that that's not unique. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm overthinking this now, Christiana. You're I'm
0: like, am I unique? <laughs> you are everyone's unique. And it's also what's unique to you. Like what, what yeah you're proud of, you know? Like what you cherish. Yeah. So that's those are brilliant answers. Thank you. I mean I'm there's no right or it, wrong, me. but like <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all my pivots, that, that's creative. You know that's unique. <laughs> And do you have any last comments or advice that you want to give out to the listeners before we say our goodbyes today?
1: Any last comments or advice? I think if there's anyone listening to this that has anxiety around their voice or anxiety around auditions, actually, yeah, both of those things. But for the voice, know that there's a way out and that you don't have to feel like that forever. Like there is a way out. Find, you know, find a coach that is empathic and sensitive to those things and can help you work out of it. You don't, you don't have to live your life like that. Um, And for people with auditions, be patient, be patient. And auditions are just tricky. But I think if anyone is going through drama school auditions or college auditions, know that this is not going to be as defining as you think it's going to be when you're in the thick of the audition process. That there are so many paths to Broadway, the West End, whatever you want to do. There are so many paths. You don't need to necessarily go to school for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, So be patient with yourself. Any other things? I don't think so. I guess if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can um And you know they can follow me on Flockstars Coaching or the Voice Care Center. It's just Flockstars Coaching or Voice Care Center on Instagram <laughs> and the socials. Um, and feel free, I'm I'm truly always a DM away or an email away. Um, I'd love to hear from anyone that's listening and maybe thinking about these things.
0: Yeah, we'll tag everything as well into the comments, and so we'll put all the handles in, and so people can find you. Gorgeous. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so lovely to speak to you today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. This
1: is fun. I like
0: this. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Christiana. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Artist Avenue will be back next Wednesday with another exciting interview. Make sure to follow us on social media and keep up to date with all the artists' profiles and their projects. There is something very exciting coming your way in December, so keep your eyes peeled for that and see you next week!